Hello. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. And uh, that's Corinne and I'm Sabrina. And we're here for an apology tour of 2019. We are dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, here's... It was actually great timing, as awful as the things we said were. It's good timing because the last episode we had, we were like, how are we supposed to know things? Like, just correct us if we get things wrong. Yes. And so people did. And we are here to correct ourselves and to apologize. Yes. Okay, you go first. So it wasn't this past encounters, but it was the encounters that came out before. So a couple ago. 39. Many of you guys may not know what I'm talking about because we actually went back and changed some of the editing for Mm -hmm. this. But B, our listener B, reached out and let me know that while I was joking about making childbirth easier and came up with a sort of invention that I thought would make it easier. That invention is quite similar and has many parallels to the actual tools that they use in abortion, which I did not know. Now I do know and now I'm educated on that. It was not supposed to be a joke to make that sort of situation lighthearted at all. And it was pretty horrifying listening back to myself joking about that with that context in my mind so i would like to say i'm very very sorry it wasn't my intention and we did go back and we edited it out of the episode because we did not want it to be triggering to anyone who was going to listen to that episode and maybe would feel the same way so i'm very very sorry but now i have learned i'm a new more educated person we both are and the wonderful thing is that you're not alone in having to apologize so it makes us both very humble and uh i made the mistake of i was talking about this form of therapy that my psychiatrist had told me which kp emailed to tell is actually called emdr i said it was scary because i don't think i was told and described it in a correct way and I don't ever want to say something that discourages people from doing something that might potentially help them. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry for that because, you know, each person has what works for them. What works for me might not be what works for you. And I I don't want to discourage anyone. And I'm sorry for saying that. And if I dissuaded you from trying it, I apologize. And, you know, we both need to apologize for being, even though you didn't make the joke about the Mm -hmm. contraption and I didn't make the comment on the therapy, both of us were listeners and we didn't catch on either and make Mm -hmm. a correction. So I think we both have to apologize to each other as well for not knowing more and not being able to educate each other. But that's why we have you guys. And I just want to say thank you to the people who did reach out because they were very, very nice and very educating and very understanding. And people make mistakes. And we're still learning. And we're in a period of time in the world where people are constantly correcting each other. And we're trying to get a to a point where we all are respectful and understand each other but that's almost impossible to just know without correct making these mistakes and having people help you learn so yes and we're we're human and we're gonna make mistakes and and i think we truly we're never gonna say something that intends to hurt or harm someone and if we do it's completely accidental and if we do we we really do want to hear about it because it's never our intention to harm any of our listeners right and it makes us more mindful of what we're saying as well you know because sometimes you can just 
talk out your butt and you think you're just chit chatting <laughs> and then you're not really realizing how things are coming across. Yes. Correct. It's it's hard to be completely self-aware. Yeah. We're working on it and we you know it's nice to have your help. Thanks guys. And thank you for listening to this apology because we felt it was important that we wanted to do it first and uh, now we can have a little bit more fun. We were talking about our PO box a few episodes ago and people have sent us stuff yeah oh my god i'm so excited to hear what okay we have so many gifts so okay all right i'll start out with savannah she sent us a book it's a it's a tarot card (gasps) it's from france her husband and her are antiquers and they bought a lot of she called it old junk at an estate sale but a part of this junk that they bought were these tarot cards that are from france i don't even know how to say the words but it's okay because there's english on the other side i let's see le livre livre du du destin the book of destin destiny the book of destiny book of good job sabrina the book of destiny that's what it says on the english side (gasps) i did it so these are pretty sweet that's amazing and you're supposed to, or I don't really know how it works, but I've heard that you're supposed to be gifted tarot cards. Mm-hmm. So now we have our gift. Oh my gosh. We can use them. When I'm in Boston, let's read each other's tarot. What's it called? Read, do each other's tarot cards readings? Do, let's do each other. Let's do each other. Let's do each other, Sabrina. I can't wait to do you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also got a two girls, no ghost smoke cleansing kit. What? From... Sammy, who owns Foxglove Farm. And so there's a so ton of cool, cool stuff. It's like the coolest little kit. And she got us a bunch of little pins that are adorable. They're like, they say like, make witchcraft great again. Oh, I love <laughs> Which, it. This is hilarious. I love this. A bunch of stuff like that. And then we also got from Leanne, who is from Arkmade. She sent us a smoking kit as well and sent us some room spray so now you can just <gasps> squirt the room spray yes. which i have been doing oh my gosh now that my roommates are out of town this week i'm like let's degoes the place <laughs> and then we also got this protection vial necklace it has quartz and black salt in it whoa so maybe oh my god should, that is so cool we should start wearing these at the live show just in case any ghosts try to possess us on stage i love it i love it i was at the melrose flea market or trading post yesterday and every little like witchy type thing we saw nick was like you need to get that for your live shows (laughs) we have so many things you know what else we said we were going to do for our live show which we did we did we started it at the outliers podcast festival we brought up onto stage those candles oh yeah the fun halloween decorations perhaps we should try again i don't know but anyway thank you guys all for sending us yeah these things we're so excited that's amazing uh, leanne does have a ghost story so in our next encounters episode i'll read it because it's super oh super spooky we love super spooky that's so nice you guys yes. i feel i feel so happy seeing all that it's fun because i feel like we we like the connection with the listeners and it feels like we actually can reach out and touch you guys when you send us like letters or notes or <laughs> gifts reach out and touch you we guys touch you. scratch scratch <laughs> it's me behind your peephole that's creepy why did i say that anyway so creepy i was like are, do we need to apologize again next oh my week God, forever and ever hopefully not mm-hmm. hopefully we do okay this episode and we are 
better people. Well, we already are. We are better people because we've learned two new things. Two new things this week. That should be our thing. Like, what did we learn from our listeners this week? Oh, I love that idea. Right? Because it's our community and people are always emailing us, messaging us, messaging each other, supporting each other on our Facebook Mm -hmm. group. It's great to see, but we do learn something. I can have everyone else learn something about me this week. Why? What did you do? What's happening? My episode of Blindspot that I wrote is coming out on April 12th. Sabrina, I'm so sad that I don't get to watch it. That's okay. I'll be in an airplane, but if they have cable television, I will be watching. (laughs) Yeah, uh, well, it's okay. You can watch it on demand the next day. But it's April 12th, 2019 at 8 p.m. on NBC, and it would mean so much to me if people watched it, and maybe it will help blind spot get renewed it's my first episode of television and i'm like super excited and i'm gonna have a viewing party my mom's flying into town oh my gosh okay wait so this might be a dumb question but Mm -hmm. did you co-write it with someone or yes i co-wrote it with the actually the girl who did all of our logo stuff and we co-wrote together yeah she did our our podcast logo yeah (laughs) our what's that called what's the thing the thing that people see when they go to the podcast app (laughs) what is that oh our logo Uh, yeah, and yeah. designed it for us. <laughs> Wait, that's so, so cool. Okay, I, I want to know, I want to watch, and I want to try to guess which lines or scenes you wrote versus Anne wrote. And for every one that I get wrong, I'll eat a piece of chocolate. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good benefit for you. Well, with that being said, I know this is going to be likely a longer episode, so should we kind of transition into our next segment of the show? So... This episode is near and dear to our hearts, mostly because it's fun. It's a fun topic. (laughs) It's just really fun. We had fun. I had so much fun researching it. So much fun. It's we love doing things that are just a little slightly different than Mm -hmm. our straight up ghost stories. And that is what we did this week. We did paranormal creatures and animals. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Are you first? Am I first? What are we doing? You're first. I'm first. Okay, you are. Okay, well, um, I do have to say, and I'm not going to tell you exactly what creature this is yet. I'm going to do a little intro, and you can probably guess. But the reason I chose this was because just last week, my dad texted me and said, have you heard of the blank? And he was watching a show on this creature. And I was like, ah, this must be where I get my paranormal enthusiasm because my dad and mom are together watching some paranormal cryptid TV shows. Mm-hmm. So he reminded me of this creature. And we've referenced this creature before, but we have not gone into depth about it. Sabrina, you're smiling. Well, I know what it is because I saw it on the Excel. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Shoot! <laughs> oh, man. Okay. But other people can be guessing. Okay, here's clue number one, phantoms. Just last year, Chicagoans were spotting this creature flying over their city. Also, is it Chicagoans? I, why, why are you asking me? I did Google what are Chicago people called, and Chicagoans was the first thing to come up, but I don't know if that was just because a bunch of <laughs> other people were mis-Googling Chicagoans. And then it just came up as a top hit? Yeah, perhaps. All right, clue number two. Mm. The first sightings of this creature dates back to the 1960s. Ooh, I didn't realize it was that far back. Which, But that's not that far that wasn't even 100 years ago, you know? That's true. It's like my mom's age. Sorry, Eric, delete that because I don't – no, I leave it. But I don't want it, people knowing my mom's age. Delete it. The 60s? 
Yeah, but my mom doesn't want me talking about her age on this podcast. Did you say your mom was born in the 60s? Yeah. So was everyone's mom. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone in the world. Everyone's mom is from the 60s, don't you know? They have to be. That's what mothers are from. If they had you in your 30s and you're in your 20s now. Yeah. They're born in the 60s. It's okay. It's okay. Okay, Eric, you can leave it. Math. It's not hard to figure (laughs) out. Although I seem to struggle with it daily. Yes, we know that. (laughs) All right. This creature, if you have not gotten it from my three clues, is the Mothman. It's West Virginia. It's November 12th, 1966. Oh my gosh. Wait, we have to keep the whole bit about my mom because that is my mom's first birthday. Oh, what? 1966? November 12th. Are my mom and the Mothman the same person? Also, TBT to five seconds ago when you were saying, insinuating that your mom was old. I think my mom is young and my mom is older than your mom. I don't want, I didn't think I was insinuating that she she was old. I just don't think she likes people knowing her age. And now I've dated her. Well, this is cool because she lived through the first sighting of the Mothman. So who (laughs) wouldn't want to know that you were born in 1960 whatever. Okay, so November 12th, 1966, there are five grave diggers who are working in a cemetery together. And all at the same time, they notice a brown human being-like creature flying overhead, and it's just stopping from tree to tree. Oh. And this is the first ever reported sighting of the Mothman. And I say reported because it's speculated that many, many, many more people have probably seen the Mothman, but were just too afraid to come forward. And also, the majority of people who have come forward were all people who saw it together in groups. So I'm sure people who saw it as a solo person was like, I think I'm just seeing things. I need to go home and take a nap. Right. So this was the first ever sighting. And within three days of the first sighting, there were a total of eight more sightings in that same area. What? Many of them were groups of people, and many of them were reputable people. People who'd been in the town for years and knew everyone. There were firefighters who saw the Mothman and said that he looked like a very large bird. I say he, but it could. we don't know what it is. Right. It. It. It could have one sex, or it could be sexless. Could it be right. a demon. We have no idea. We don't know. But this creature remained in the area, and for the three days after the grave diggers witnessed it, there were a bunch more people who saw it, and there were also, so one of the instances happened exactly three days after, there were two couples that were in a car driving together when the creature, who they described as six to seven feet tall with large wings and bright red eyes, was spotted near an abandoned TNT plant. So they were driving near this abandoned tnt plant and it was in point pleasant west virginia Mm -hmm. and they see two large eyes (gasps) and then the two large eyes lead to an oversized creature that has these glowing eyes and these glowing eyes are moving towards the door of the abandoned plant so yeah these these couples are like uh we know what's good for us let's bounce and so they drive away quickly but only moments later they spot the same creature again. It picked itself up like, how do I describe this? The way 
I should have written, I just should have copied and pasted what they said because how am I going to describe this better? But basically, it picked itself up as if it were like a helicopter. So it didn't just like flap its wings. Oh, what? It just levitated and then began to fly through the air following their car. And the couple is like, holy shit, this is horrifying. And they get on Highway 62 (laughs) and they are just zooming down the highway towards the city to try to get away from this creature. And they hit 100 miles per hour in their car, and the creature is still keeping pace with them. Mm-mm, I just don't like it. Uh, what's more panic-inducing? There's nothing. Nothing. Uh, I can't. It's like the scariest movie in the world to never be able to escape the creature, you know? Yeah. I think combining my two biggest fears, one, a car. And two, like the fact that you're trapped in a car and even your car can't save you. Right. You can't create any sort of lead or any sort of gap. Like you're just there. You just have to hope that it gets distracted by something else. Yeah. And if you're in a car going 100 miles per hour, what are you going to do? Turn off into the dirt road and try to zigzag? No. There's no way you can do that. And you're already putting yourself in danger by going that quickly and being distracted and being upset. And if your car can go faster, it's clear that this entity can also go faster. Yeah. So, wow. luckily they got away. They got, once they got to the city limits, the creature just turned and flew away. Wow. Another group witnessed the Mothman running on foot, which they said it did pretty clumsily. Hmm. They saw it running on foot because it was chasing their car in the same group of people spotted the mothman three different times over the time that it was within this area that seems like a bad omen doesn't it and that's keep that keep i like that you said that (laughs) hold on let's put it make that a little coin press it into our little penny slot push it through and i'll tell you what the prize is at the end amazing i can't wait except for i bet it's not a prize it's more of a it's like getting coal for christmas i wouldn't mind coal it's useful I used to get, my mom would give me the Harry Potter coal, and it was bubblegum. Oh, I was just going to ask you if it was food. That's delicious. Mm-hmm. I want some. Turned your mouth black. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> okay, so what is common amongst these reports? Every single person who has seen the Mothman has described the red eyes. There are red eyes about six inches apart just staring back at people. Everyone notices the red eyes because the red eyes will reflect from headlights and different flashlights etc but otherwise it seems to be kind of able to lurk well that's untrue i was gonna say undetected but a lot of people have seen it flying around so Mm. i don't think it's that undetectable it's not that subtle no it's definitely not which means it wants people to see it and i'm wondering what it is because If all these sightings first started in the 1960s and was so concentrated to this area, it makes me wonder if this was more than just a new Mm. animal. Like, it does seem paranormal, for sure. Right. But it makes me wonder exactly what it is. Like, if if some sort of, like, gate opened and let in this paranormal creature. Kind of like the upside down in in Stranger Jeans. The gene washes that no one wants. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm trying to say stranger things. Oh. But I said stranger genes and then I just went with it. But clearly it did not land. I was so confused. You just stood there twirling your hair looking at me. Oh, man. It's okay. I don't. Yeah. 
here we go. I'll just move well. on from that because I'm embarrassed <laughs> now. Newell Partridge is a man who is a resident of Salem, West Virginia, and he was watching TV the same night that the couple, that the two couples were in the car going 100 miles per hour trying to escape this creature. He was watching TV in his house when these weird patterns started flashing on his TV screen and then the TV just shut off. It turned dark. And then a really Mm -hmm. weird noise came from outside of his house at that exact moment. And Newell said that it sounded like it was a generator winding up. What? And then his dog, Bandit, started to howl out on the French front porch. So Newell grabbed his light and he walked outside onto the porch. And his dog was sitting there on the porch facing the hay barn, which was set pretty far from the house. I think it was like 150 yards away. So Newell takes his flashlight and he shines his light over in that direction. And he sees two red circles staring back at him two red glowing (laughs) eyes i hate it bandit then took off racing towards the creature probably trying to protect his owner and protect his home and then newell's frantic he's like oh god what is bandit doing so he yells at him he's like bandit stop come back come back but bandit no is not listening bandit is a trained hunting dog i think he was a german shepherd and he was just zeroed in on this potential threat so he's charging this creature newell is scared so he goes back inside and he grabs his gun and he doesn't go outside again but he's just like waiting with his gun inside his house like ready for anything to come in nothing happens and he eventually falls asleep and in the morning he realized bandit never made it back to the front porch bandit wasn't anywhere near the house and unfortunately this is the second week in a row that i'm doing a sad dog story i know but it's believed that bandit did not make it because the group who had seen the Mothman at the TNT plant, who were driving 100 miles per hour, oh. saw a body of a large dog near the city limits Corinne. when they were going into town. And then just a few minutes later, when they were backtracking on that same road, they noticed that the body was no longer laying on the side of the road. Did it turn into a Mothman? <gasps> Is that how they're born? Well, I just hope, I mean, I'd want something for Bandit. This, like, I don't know. Last week was, I just. Last week was tough. Well. I don't know. I don't know. I I would hope that at least it got something out of it. I don't know if Bandit got any sort of extra life out of this, but he did get a little bit of justice from the town because the town came together and they took this case very, very seriously and they had a press conference. And it was a small town. And the police presence in the town had known most of these witnesses their entire lives. And so they had no no reason to believe that these stories were concocted or anything but true. And so the Mothman was taken very, very seriously, all of these cases. And the sightings became very popular, and pretty quickly the newspapers from all over the nation started picking up the story. And that's how this creature was nicknamed the Mothman. The Mothman name was coined in the papers because it stemmed from, or it was inspired by, the Batman television series, which Hmm. featured a character called the Mothman, and that was on at the time. So all of the locals begin to believe that the Mothman was hiding out at the TNT plant. And the TNT plant was very large and the surrounding area, for the most part, was pretty abandoned. I think there were some homes, but people weren't in them anymore. Mm-hmm. And there were some just long stretches of road. So it wasn't it wasn't frequently traveled on beyond just like the odd car here and there trying to get 
from one place to another. That ended up being chased by the Mothman. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go there at night. I know. I wonder if that road is just haunted in general. I should have looked it up, but I didn't because there's just so much on the Mothman that I only wrote like a fifth of what I would have liked to. Yeah. That's what, how I feel about my, my choice. So they're thinking that the Mothman is hiding out at this TNT plant. And the Bennett family, or Benet, depending on if you came over with the French pronunciation or <laughs> if you changed it. My grandmother, her last name is Bennett, and she says Bennett, so that's how I will say it. Yeah, there we go. And then Jean Benet, Ramsey. Benet, comma Ramsey, comma hyphen, semicolon, asterisk. The Bennett family was unfortunate enough to spot the creature near the plant they had been driving in the area and they spotted a funny red light in the sky and they were super confused and they were like is that an airplane and then they're like ah well maybe i don't know but it's kind of moving with us so we don't really know what it is but Uh let's just move past it so mrs bennett she keeps on driving and she has her kid in the back the baby's in the back and she's heading towards um a family friend's house that she's about to go spend time with and she parks her car and she goes into the back seat of her car and she grabs her baby. And as she turns back with her baby in hand, oh, she sees my. what she thought was previously an airplane now standing in front of her in the driveway. Uh, what would you do? <laughs> it said the report said that she was so scared that she dropped her baby, which I'm like, that's so horrible. It said that the baby was fine, if anyone... Well, of course, but, like, gosh, I don't know what I would do. Well, I'll tell you what she did. At first, she just watched because she was shocked because the thing looked... It looked as if it was laying down and then started to move up. So I wonder if it can't really land on its feet, if it kind of (laughs) crashes. It can run super fast. It can fly. It can levitate. It, it cannot, cannot land. land. And on they its did feet. say when he was running or it was running that it did look very clumsy. Except for it was still running at 100 miles. No, it per was hour. flying at 100 miles. It was just a different oh. car that it was chasing. It just loved cars. Gotcha, gotcha. It was a fun game. Fun oh. game. It's like a dog when they try to chase the car. Okay, so this Mothman is laying down and rises up from the ground, pushes itself up. And it's big, it's gray, it had glowing eyes. And Bennett was like, I'm just going to run now because what else am I supposed to do? So she picks up her (laughs) dropped baby and she runs to the house as fast as possible. And her and her friends quarantine themselves inside the house and they grip onto each other and they listen, listening for this creature. And the creature moves up onto the porch and they can hear it walking along the side of the house. No. And then to their horror, they see this creature peeking in their windows, searching for them. It's like, a, it reminds me of the New Jersey Devil mixed with a serial killer. Right, it's like the strangers meets the New Jersey Devil. Yeah. That's what it is. It's absurd. So they do what people should do, which is call the police. But yes. of course, it was paranormal or we believe to be a paranormal being, and so it had disappeared before any police arrived. So Mrs. Bennett, Mm. she's pretty messed up from this whole ordeal, and to make matters worse, she believes that the Mothman actually followed her home and continued to torment her for days because she'd often hear what sounded like a woman screaming outside of her home, like just a (gasps) high-pitched wail. 
Well, now that now it's like a combination of like demonic possession stuff, and you know how they can mimic all these sounds and things to get what they want. Well, right, and actually, the appearance of the Mothman shares a lot of similarities with known demon archetypes, and hmm. a lot of these demons have been described by people who experience sleep paralysis which is odd because a lot of times people say oh sleep paralysis isn't paranormal there's an explanation or people are actually just asleep and blah 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 we we believe it to be different than that but we know better we know more but it's interesting because what people are seeing in real life flying over their home in west virginia is what a lot of other people had described in their sleep paralysis states some people also believe that the mm. Mothman is connected in some way to the Grinning Man, which I didn't look up anymore. Oh, I hate the Grinning Man. You know about him? I have seen a photo of the Grinning Man. I did. I that was. I read that line and I wrote this sentence and that was it. I did not look it up because that that sounds like it would give me nightmares. Have you seen Momo? That whole internet thing that's happening no. right now. What is okay. that? We can talk about it in a future episode. It's It's been a hot topic on our Facebook page, and it's this whole thing. It's like hackers, and they're convincing young kids to do things, and it's kind of like the Slender Man, um, but the image of the face is horrifying, and it's got – it's like it looks like someone used Photoshop to just, like, distort someone's face. Oh, God. And so the smile Wait, is, like, no. massive and creepy, and it reminds me of the Grinning Man. I don't want to talk about it while okay. I have the apartment to myself for the next couple of days. We'll, we'll talk about it one day in the middle of the day okay. when there's sun and you have plenty of people around you to support you and hold your hand and give you a hug afterwards. Thank you. And also oh. I have the rest of season three of Queer Eye to get through. So that's <laughs> what I'll be doing after this. I need to do that too. Um, but The Grinning Man, which I don't know anything more about, but apparently it's another entity who just grins at people or mm -hmm. is thought to be some type of alien. But I did not do any research beyond that. So I'm sure there's much more to the Grinning Man that I will not say. And I hope that by saying his name, it doesn't call him to you because I just said it a bunch. Mm. I just looked it up and apparently there's a whole musical about the Grinning Man. <laughs> Where? It came out in October 2016. Okay. So it's had a, it's had a bit of a run. Yeah. That's something we should audition for. <laughs> Let's get back into acting. Just for the Grinning Man. I may have only acted for six months, if you can call it acting, if you quit after six months, but... That's yeah. acting. You attempted. It's acting, baby. Mm -hmm. That's showbiz. <laughs> <laughs> you're in and you're out. Yep. Okay, so the Mothman. What is this creature? Is there any sort of explanation? No. There's not. <laughs> as as usual, there's not. But people are still trying to grip to any any sort of explanation. Right any way of making sense of this whole situation mm -hmm. and dr robert smith is an associate professor of wildlife biology at west virginia and he is, is thinking he's like don't worry guys it's not as scary as it sounds people are just seeing the sand hill crane which is maybe not the most native bird to the area and that's why people are confused these cranes are very tall they're almost as tall as the average adult male they have red coloring on top of their head which could account for the red glowing eyes but I would like to remind people that a crane is a bird, and a bird has a long neck, and a bird has a beak, and it has unmistakable bird legs. And hair does not reflect light in the way that, like, similar to cat eyes, when it's dark and you shine a light, they, like, glow. That yes. is very different than shining a light on hair. Hair will not glow ominously out towards you. 
And these cranes are whitish, silvery gray. And the Mothman is often described as brown. And also, bird legs are much skinnier than normal thick human legs. Yep. And also, the red eyes are supposed to be set pretty far apart. And bird eyes are on either side of this tiny little bird head. So I don't so, believe him. No, 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 Robert Smith. No, 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 Robbie. That was, I just annoyed myself. <laughs> I didn't think it was possible, but here we are. So he thinks that this crane is being misidentified with uh, a human-shaped person with red eyes that are far apart, which whatever he wants to tell himself to sleep at night. But how could, here's my question, how could this crane, who is a normal animal, suddenly be misidentified for just a short period of time as a mothman and then not again because it's not the mothman because robert just wanted to come up with right? a reason which is understandable people want to put a fact to mystery yes we and you and i are both fans of people trying to debunk things yeah you know we can't just believe everything although we do <laughs> we, but we shouldn't but we yeah you know we challenge things sometimes Sometimes it's good to push back on some things because sometimes, you know, it is just your hair in the corner of your eye catching. Right. Wait, Corinne, there's a word gullible written on the ceiling. Sabrina, I'm not looking up. <laughs> mostly because I'm afraid if I look up the smiling man and man is going to be like. Oh, that would be so creepy. No, but do you remember when people used to do that? Did, no, because I don't think I was gullible. So I don't think people tried. Oh. <laughs> people tried that to me. I did not fall for it. Good, I'm glad. Mm -hmm. Sabrina, I really wish we were friends when we were like 10. Oh, that would have been so fun. Oh my gosh, I've been watching Pen15 on Hulu and it is hilarious. <laughs> and I it's imagine so good. we would be those friends if we knew each other at that age. You're my, what is it? You're my glitter gel pen in a sea oh. of like black big, and blue. Black and blue. Oh my God, pens. so good. There yeah. are a few episodes that definitely made me feel uncomfortable. With a little kid aspect of it. with Yeah, just things that hit so close to home or just things with puberty where I'm like, oh, God, they're really just making you relive things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. Anyway, great show. Hulu, Pen15. Yeah. It's great. Okay, so the Mothman. Some people think it's a crane, but it's definitely not because also this thing was in the area for like 80 years. And if it was just a crane, the crane doesn't live for 80 years. And if it had babies, why would it just stop all of a sudden after 80 years? Right. I don't know. I'm also not a biologist. So who am I to say? But I am a paranormal enthusiast. So <laughs> this is what we're here for. And this is what I will tell you. The Mothman is real. Yes. And it is there. Yeah. And in 1975... John Keel, he wrote a book. The book is called The Mothman Prophecies, which some people may actually recognize because there was a movie that came out in 2002 with the same title. And I know mm. a few of our listeners have seen it or read it because I know we have some emails. I remember Ooh. emails in our inbox where people had referenced it. But Keel made connections in his book between supernatural events, disasters, and Mothman sightings. Am I getting my penny out of the Here's machine? Your penny. Do, do, it's do, printed do, with do, the do, Mothman do. on it. Here you go. Thank you. It's a picture of the Mothman. <laughs> so Keel made all of these connections, and he he believes that a bunch of things. That basically, the Mothman is a sign of impending doom. So one of these nice. examples 
is a bridge that fell on December 15th of 1967. It killed 46 people. It was horrible, horrible, horrible. The official report lists the cause of the collapse as failed welding, but Keel speculated that the multiple Mothman sightings that had preceded this event in that area was some sort of sign that this was about to happen. I believe it. Right? So the Mothman basically is an omen. He's a sign of disaster. He's he's death. He's a sign that something, whether it's something horrible to happen to humans or whether it's something that's paranormal to come. What? Yes. Sabrina, you're raising I, your hand. I yes. call on you. Because um, we're back in middle school. Um, so do you think he's actually an omen or do you think his appearance is like if he's a demonic entity of some kind is he causing this and he likes to show up to like torment people and then he causes the event to happen that's a good question because it makes me think okay well i'm gonna tell you some more things and then let's regroup okay because i want to say things but i can't until i tell you them right okay So, the Mothman was also linked to the nuclear disaster in Chernobyl, (gasps) the Mexican swine flu outbreak in 2009, the nuclear disaster in Fukushima, Japan, just eight years ago, and a bunch of other things. There were multiple bridge crashes, just all these things. And Keel believed these issues happened in association with the Mothman, but that also... All the technology issues that people were having, like TVs glitching and phones being temporarily disabled and cars stalling because apparently cars stalled near the TNT plant in West Virginia. He mm. thinks that all of these things were happening before the Mothman sightings even happened so that it, something was already going on in the area. Okay. And he interviewed so many different people and he wrote that over 100 people witnessed the Mothman between the first sighting in November of 1966 and the November of the following year. And the creature was reported to be between five and seven feet tall, shaped like a human, could walk on two feet, had large bat-like wings, had glowing red eyes, was able to fly straight up into the air like a helicopter, like a levitator person thing, like me, and then (laughs) glide like an eagle rather than flapping its wings. Mm. So everyone said pretty much the same thing. Also, the creature, for those who heard the creature, they said that while it flew it made no sound but when it got near you it was like a whooshing noise and when the creature actually went to speak or make a sound it sounded like a woman screaming oh same noise that mrs bennett had heard outside of her home oh yes many people think that the mothman is also related to ufo sightings and encounters with men in black well maybe now i want to meet the mothman I want to meet the men in black. Okay, well, I'll lure in the Mothman and you stand in like to my right so the Mothman doesn't see you and men in black come to uh-huh. you. I have, okay, so here's, I'll tell you more about some of the men in black uh, reports that have gone in tangent with the Mothman sightings. But um, first I want to tell you my theory, which is kind of based on what you were saying. Okay. okay so I have a theory that a portal sort of opens up and lets in this paranormal creature and that's when people are seeing the mothman sightings and all Mm. of these other paranormal creatures are probably coming around maybe some of them invisible that we can't see which are creating these disasters and awful things and the men in black come in who are also paranormal creatures but are going to try to clean up the mess and tackle down any of the escaped beings through the portal oh my gosh it's harry potter and the fantastic it's fantastic beasts it is 
this is this is uh, yeah here it is it's real sabrina it's happening in front of us right now i love that because that means i live in a magical world and i can still go to hogwarts (laughs) is there an h cap for hogwarts we've already discussed this they my letter got lost in the mail and so i'll have to go to a night school for adults (laughs) night school i'll go to night school with you too i'm laughing at night school even though i literally just went to night school for grad school (laughs) like lol you're just thrown in the back night school but yeah that's how most people do it when they're you know full-time employee yeah that's how you have to do life okay so many people are thinking that the men in black and all these other things and aliens and other paranormal creatures are all tied into the mothman sightings so while the very first Mothman sighting appeared in West Virginia, the Mothman seemed to also pop up in other places like Ohio. Reporter mm-hmm. Mary Heyer received over 500 calls in just one weekend from people who reported strange lights in the sky. And one night she came face to face with a very odd being, which might be a man in black, man in black type of creature or some sort of paranormal creature escaped from this portal idea that I've created, uh-huh. which I'm sure other people have created far before me because it's right. kind of a basic idea, but I'm taking credit for it right now. Good. She was working late in her office. She worked for the city. So she was in the county courthouse in her office when a man walked in and he was short. He had thick glasses on. He had a bowl haircut, like long black hair, but a bowl haircut and his eyes, something was off with his eyes. Just a little strange. And his voice was Mm. also quite alarming. It was low and disjointed. And he asked her for directions and he kept scooting closer and closer to Mary. And Mary was like, something's weird. His eyes seem a bit hypnotic. I feel nervous. I don't feel right. So let me call in another person, which you should always do. You never have to be alone with someone. Yeah, buddy system. Buddy system. So she called for the newspaper circulation manager to come to her office and help her with this man. So the three of them are in the office together when Mary's phone rings and she picks it up. And while she's on the phone, she's still kind of keeping an eye on this really odd man. And the odd man picks up a pen off of her desk gazes at it in amazement as if he's never seen a pen before oh my in his life starts laughing and just runs sprints out of the building with a pen i am so confused yes. and then weeks later well i'm sure mary was too everyone was confused but weeks later mary notices this same odd man on the street so she stops and she starts watching him was he selling her pen no, but that, what an amazing twist of the story that would have been. <laughs> he just wanted her pen. Just, it's a pen business, you know? You got to find your yep. side hustle somewhere. Mm-hmm. Health insurance doesn't pay for itself. Nope. So Mary sees him and she stops and she watches. And this weird man eventually realizes that she's standing there and that she recognizes him and she's watching him. Mm-hmm. And he turns and he runs towards a car, a black car. He gets into it and he's driven away. Oh my God. I thought you were going to say he ran at her. <gasps> oh my God. I would have just dropped dead. No one would have been able to even do anything to me because I think I would have just, yeah. my body would have shut down. That's, okay. That would have been He really got scary. in the car. But no, he got into a black car, which is 
one of the standard things that people say about the men in black that they all arrive in blacked out cars so mary's experiences didn't end there because not long after the bridge in ohio collapsed that killed a bunch of people unfortunately and she was at work and another strange man comes in this time dressed in a black suit with a black tie he's high cheekbones and an odd accent it was unidentifiable she couldn't figure out where exactly he was from she'd never heard the accent before and this guy wanted to know about their ufo sightings Hmm. and mary handed him a press clipping that had recently come out in the newspaper about the ufo sightings but this isn't what he was looking for he wanted a file he wanted more information so he was done with mary and he just left the office that same night a bunch of people reported that a man fitting this exact description was going around visiting houses in the area asking about UFO sightings. But not just visiting any house, visiting the homes of people who had reported seeing the strange lights in the sky, the witnesses. Uh-huh. And all the witnesses said the same thing, that this man gave them the heebie-jeebies. So, <laughs> two different states, many miles apart. We have West Virginia and we have Ohio. Reports of the Mothman sightings and other odd paranormal phenomena is occurring. So, do we still think, let's take a vote. Is it a crane? (laughs) Is it just a crane? You know, it's just you and I here, so there's not many people to vote. I'm looking out at all the ghosts that live in my apartment. (laughs) Everyone raise your hand. Is it a crane? No. I'm nervous. Why did I invite people to come into my apartment and raise their hands? No, I'm scared. So you do a live show on your end every single week? (laughs) That makes me nervous. I can't even say anything back because I'm alone and I'm scared. Okay. I love that. It's funny because it's not like we're totally scared, but it's just our imaginations and we take an idea and just make it so the worst scenario ever and then you can't get it out of your head. And what's funny is when I've actually had paranormal encounters, when I've seen spirits, I'm often less afraid than how afraid I am when I make stuff up in my own head. Right. I'm just like, ooh, that was a little spooky. Moving on. But when you're just, it's the anticipation, waiting to see something, convincing yourself that you're going to. Because usually when you do see something, you weren't thinking about it or waiting for it to happen. Right. And it just happens and you deal with it in the moment because it's instinct. And it usually happens quick. It's, It's there and then it's gone. But when you're waiting for something, that moment doesn't happen in an instant it lasts forever yeah i was gonna never mind it's fine it's fine okay so the mothman sightings they're not just in ohio and they're not just in west virginia they have been all over the place different locations the mothman all of these disasters happening ufos men in black it all seems to be connected and the mothman was even seen as far away as russia so it's it's across the globe it's not just in a a north american thing which is like are there multiple is there only one and it can travel through portals and it like hops portals when it needs to Mm -hmm. or yeah i don't know it's hard to tell because we haven't had much one-on-one time with the mothman right and you know something else that's interesting is some people are like well maybe it's just an undiscovered animal which i'm like that's very interesting but if it's that clumsy wouldn't we find it i don't know yeah I I don't know. I mean, it falls into the same category as Sasquatch or any other mystical creature, like the giant snakes. Because I believe in Champ and all of the lake monsters. Right. The Kraken. The Kraken. 
But yeah, so the Mothman is real. And for the people of Chicago, Tales of the Mothman may hit a little close to home. So if we have any Chicago listeners who, or people anywhere who have any experiences with the Mothman, you guys should email us. Um, But just last year, I think it was around the same time. I think it was like January of last year. Yeah. Right? There was a ton. A ton. An influx of sightings came through. And I didn't include any of the actual reports just because I was more focused on like the history of the Mothman for this small segment that we have. But there are a bunch of people's stories online that you can read from Chicago. People saw this strange, they called it like a strange figure flying in the sky. One person Mm -hmm. likened it to a creature that was an oversized like 10 foot tall sugar glider one woman said that it looked like a person wearing a wingsuit and another person was like it looked like a paraglider uh some people were like no it's an oversized bat so like it's just confusing everyone and yeah while a lot of people the majority of the sightings did happen with people just spotting this thing in the sky there were also a lot of close encounters for the people of chicago there was a witness who screamed in horror as she looked out of her third story apartment and saw this being floating in the air staring into her apartment another person no. passed by a basketball it's hoop. a creep it's such a creeper it's a creeper it's a peeping tom it is does it know though does it know what's being a creep uh if i you know i don't think we should give it a pass because it's a weird supernatural creature if you're peeping in people's windows you're a peeping tom perhaps but i like to picture i mean not perhaps you are but i also like to picture this <laughs> creature not speaking english but like when he's screaming like a woman he's actually singing a whole new world or like some nice disney song you know like maybe, he just wants to have stuff, real legs isn't it neat wouldn't you say or what's the what's the song from ariel god now i'm just going into all the disney songs but what's the one that she part of your world yeah. Oh, I, I did start singing that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What if he's just singing that and he's looking in like, I wish I had two feet. I wish I could walk the walk and brush my hair. With- I wish I could leave the TNT plant. Right? Maybe he's just sad and he's looking in on a world he'll never be a part of. Or maybe he's a yeah. huge creeper and he's freaking everyone out and he's sitting on basketball hoops and stalking people's homes at night and terrorizing fishermen and staring at them with their glowing red eyes and attending college at university of chicago illinois and tormenting all those college kids perhaps yeah i i I am naturally drawn towards thinking people are creepers i mean it's definitely a better way to protect yourself to not trust anyone from the get-go exactly yeah i i probably wouldn't trust a mothman yes i wouldn't invite it into my home you shouldn't i wouldn't tell you to i'd never advise you to do that thank you you're welcome so to wrap this up the last reported sighting that i could find online of the mothman was just a few months ago in indiana so it's still out there people are still seeing this creature and today if you're like well i i want to be close to the mothman but i don't actually want to see the mothman hopefully you can go to point pleasant west virginia which is the site of the original mothman sightings encounters Mm -hmm. and you can go to the historical museum to learn more about the mothman i believe they have some of the original newspaper reports on the creature they also have a 12 foot tall metallic mothman statue which was designed by bob roach who is an artist and a sculptor and the town celebrates the mothman with a festival each year it happens in mid-september 
And this year it will be the 18th annual Mothman event and it's September 21st and 22nd if anyone wants to go. Let's go. Let's go. Oh my gosh. What if the Mothman, it's like the Grinch where they invite the Mothman to come and he's like the guest of honor and he learns to love people. His heart grows 10 times His heart grows. Yeah. I'd go for that. If only we could predict that. But instead, typically the Mothman means bad things will happen. So best to avoid if he is special guest. Yeah. True. Let's hear about your paranormal creature being animal species thing whatever it is it's very interesting because i feel like our stories are our creatures are very very different and yet have so many similarities and which makes me think that there's some demonic realm that creates certain creatures and sends them out and unleashes them into the world but corinne there's one okay well i guess this is kind of like on theme with what you did last week but uh, you love dogs i do we all love dogs dogs are probably one of the happiest pets and animals in the world um but there's one type of dog that is a little bit more frightening and they are called hellhounds Mm -hmm. and that is what i am going to talk about and they can run as fast as your car similar to how the mothman can fly as fast as your car is traveling and also seeing a hellhound is said to be an omen of death but before i continue i just again i want to make a disclaimer similar to how black cats are not bad luck they are good luck Mm -hmm. black dogs are also good luck dogs are not bad dogs are not hellhounds dogs are not to be treated poorly dogs are to be loved and hugged and pet and kissed and maybe licked if you if you're into that um, yeah, people can lick too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, please do not harm any dogs after listening to this episode. And uh, and same goes for our Skinwalker episode. Don't harm right. any animals after listening to that. Right. Yeah. I just, I just, I, I feel like our listeners are smart enough, but I, you know, it's never, yeah. You yeah. Can never it, be too careful. Too careful. Yeah. And hellhounds are also a really rare, people don't see them often. So, the chances of you seeing them are pretty slim. And even if you do see them, I mean, it's kind of like, what can you do because it's a bad omen and you're going to die anyway. Wonderful. <laughs> I feel good. I feel <laughs> happy now. Yeah. Okay. Scary stuff ensues. A hellhound is a supernatural dog, and the term hellhound is used to describe an ethereal black dog that roams hillsides and graveyards with glowing red eyes, super strength, and super speed. They're also known to bring about fires which originate from the depths of hell, and the fire also enables them to transport themselves like a magician, like grand entrance, grand exit, in a poof of smoke and fire, if you're into the dramatics like we are. Uh... They are masters of disguise, and they can shapeshift into various forms and then vanish into thin air, which reminds me of our good slash not good friends, the shadow people and skinwalkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Although most- they're not called masters of the skies. I like that title. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you to myself and my brain for coming up. Well, probably I didn't. I probably didn't come up with that for describing them. Uh, anyway, okay. we can give ourselves credit when we feel we want it. 
Yeah, that's true. No one else. Everybody deserves a little attention. Someone will correct us later. (laughs) Uh, But most of all, the hound is known for its uncanny sense of death. And it's said that if you see one, it's an omen of death, whether it be a day or a week or a year that you have left. uh, People connect their appearances to dying, death, or seeing them. And then there's also a saying or a belief that if you see a hellhound three times in one like short period of time, your chances of dying are exponentially higher and also believed to happen much sooner. And as their name suggests, they come from the depths of hell. And there are all these different beliefs in terms of what they are and what they do. And so mm-hmm. the first one is from Greek mythology. And the belief is that they were created by a group of ancient demons who wanted to create a herald of death. And so they chose this hellhound, this black ethereal creature, to be the representation of death. So similar to how we hear, we, we've read listener stories of people who have seen this like man in black going into hospital rooms and then the next day that person right. dies. So it's a similar concept. Okay. And there are varieties. There are a variety of backstories and names for these creatures so you might be familiar with the grim which is represented by my personal hero and role model jk rowling in harry potter (laughs) and so according to greek mythology hades the dog see now dog and god are going to confuse me hades the god of the underworld had a pet hellhound and he named him cerberus and cerberus was assigned to guarding the entrance to to the underworld and preventing any souls from leaving the underworld ooh, which is kind of like a good thing because you don't yeah, want it's an important job right and you don't want these bad souls leaving unless i don't know because we've heard stories where souls are lured into the underworld so maybe there's conflicting ideologies because it's like if these good souls are trying to leave hell because they don't belong there then it's sad that this dog is keeping them there i don't know but anyway, Cerberus apparently had three heads, and each of which had a ferocious jaw, ferocious jaw, and they each had eyes. Their tails were as powerful as snakes, and it was said in mythology that he was once rescued by Hercules, but this poor Cerberus, this poor dog, had been so deeply kind of tortured by Hades and that he... Aww. When he was out in the world with Hercules, he started vomiting and crying, and all he wanted to do was go back to the underworld. So it's kind of like Stockholm Syndrome. And I think he was so afraid that because he left his post that he would be harmed. So eventually he was returned to the underworld and continued to guard the underworld ever since. Then there is Eastern folklore, which centers around a huge black demon dog named Tiangu, and I'm sure I'm saying that incorrectly, but there are a lot of names that this hellhound goes by, and they are not all easy to pronounce. Okay. But this version is blamed for causing eclipses by eating the sun or the moon, which is so cool and sounds so magical, uh, but also probably not realistic. I think it's just more folklore. Um but to similar to that, <laughs> like how you said, I think just more folklore. <laughs> I because think. I could believe otherwise if you convinced me. Maybe the moon just grows back. Forget moon phases. I mean, just it take is. take a bite and it magically right. grows back. It is made of cheese, right? So 
it just reproduces. But then there's also a man. So is the man made of cheese? Yeah. Duh. Duh. It's like carved out. It's a cheese carving. I believe you. I'll join your cult. Thank you. I knew you would. You're so easy (laughs) to get in there. I know. Manipulate your brain. Sportive. (laughs) Uh, right. Okay. So then, these hellhounds in Japan—they're very wolf-like. And they're called Okuri Inu, and they are said to follow people as they travel late at night. And are they just trying to keep you safe? That doesn't sound like a hellhound. Oh, are they watchdogs? It is. It's trying to keep people safe, and it, it's known to often protect traveler, travelers from other monsters. But, 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 there's always a but. We all have buts. But... Okuri in you will only protect you if he decides, it decides, I don't know gender again, he or she, it, whatever, decides if you have a worthy heart. If you do not have a worthy heart, the wolf-like demon will then devour you. This kind of reminds me again of the chilling adventures of Sabrina, how each witch has a sort of creature from the woods that comes and takes shape and protects them. Yeah. It reminds me of that. It's like sometimes the creature chooses you. Mm-hmm. Y- yes. I would love to have a watchdog because it's similar to dogs in general. Like I feel like dogs are so protective except for the ones that like just want to be pet by anyone and roll over on their belly on their backs and want their belly pet right away. Yeah. They're a judge of characters off. But Some it's of okay. Them. They're lovable. They bring joy. They do. There's uh, a reason for all the dogs. <laughs> So then in early Norse or Scandinavian folklore, it was said that the god Odin was never seen without his furry companions. He had two monstrous wolves who would protect him from any imposing threats. So they were his bodyguards, like we were saying. And there's this epic poem, kind of like Homer's The Iliad. And it talks about Odin who rode to hell, which is the Viking underworld. So it's H-E-L, not H-E-L-L, not H-E double hockey sticks. Um, and upon arrival, he encountered a hound guarding the entryway, similar to what we heard in Greek mythology. And it's believed that this encounter with the guard dog is what encouraged him to have his own wolves, which he named Gary and Freki, which translates to the ravenous one and the greedy one. Mm. And Scandinavia continues to be haunted by what they call the church grims, which are spectral black dogs that guard churches and protect the churches from evil spirits who might try to invade said sacred ground. And which also lesson learned here is that Scandinavian hellhounds are amazing and nice, which is not a surprise because Scandinavia is like the number two best place to live in the world, like happiest quality of life. Is it? What's number one? Is it Iceland? I think Canada is number one. Oh, Canada. It's so close. We should move there. Oh, Canada. I once did a whole report on Canada because my cousins lived there and I was like so fascinated by it. So the Scandinavian hellhounds seem pleasant, but they aren't all so pleasant. And the indigenous people of Mexico and Central America have their own hellhounds, which they call the Cadejo, which is a spirit of a dog that follows travelers at night. But there are, again, two different types of Cadejo, one white one and the black one. And as in all cases of folklore and kind of stereotypes, the white dogs are good and the black dogs are bad. Mm. Which, do I need to repeat my disclaimer? All no, dogs you do not. are perfect. We are better. We are smarter. We know Thank you. that that's untrue. Uh, 
And so the white Cadejos are believed to protect travelers from harm, while the black Cadejos are evil spirits that will kill travelers if they have the chance. Which again reminds me of shadow people a bit because we've talked about how shadow people can transform into any shape. Mm-hmm. And these Cadejos have goat hooves and horns, which is also a mixture of Black Phillip. It's like Skinwalker, Shadow People, Black Phillip. It's all of these weird combinations yeah. of things that we've talked about in the past that's very uh, fascinating and confusing all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's said that these Cadejos, if they talk to you, their voice will drive you insane. Like just sure hearing their voice. Our listeners have felt that same way about us. <laughs> Everyone has vocal fry. Get with the program. Mm-hmm. There is one place in the world that is haunted continuously by hellhounds more than any other country in the world. Can you guess it, Corinne? One, one specific country mm-hmm. that has the most amount of hellhounds. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me think hard. I'm going to go with Turkey. No, but it wasn't really a fair question because there are like 195 countries in the world. It's England. Oh, I would not have guessed that. Yeah, at all. It wasn't a fair question. I I just, yeah. I wasn't making an educated guess. I just went with the first country that came to mind. That popped into your mind. (laughs) Turkey, well, dogs, food, turkey, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Um... Okay, so yes, England is haunted by more hellhounds than any other country in the world. They have hellhounds in coastal towns, in isolated estates deep in the woods, everywhere. They're just hellhounds for everyone. It's like a goodie bag at the end of a party. You want a hellhound? You get a hellhound. It's going to Oprah. There we go. Going to Oprah. Uh, In Yorkshire, there is a hellhound by the name of Barget, and this creature is known for its ability to shapeshift, again, skinwalkers shadow people mm-hmm. and it often will appear when uh, this is the weirdest thing okay it will often appear as a headless woman or a white cat or a rabbit or also as a black dog the headless woman one is scary why 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 choose that why do that why you got to play me like that uh whereas most other hellhounds are shy the barguette is not and it will walk right into a bustling town square and do what it wants. It will just kind of skulk towards you real slow, staring at you in the eyes, regardless of all the other people yelling at it, telling it to shoo. It will narrow in on its victim, not afraid at all. And then Ooh. it will rip your soul from your skin. Oh. And then. That's not. No, it's not. It's okay. not fun. doesn't sound fun. No, I was really enjoying this story up to this point. Yeah, it doesn't get much better from here. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. In the coastal areas of Norfolk and Essex, and so Norfolk, Essex, and Suffolk, there is another form of hellhounds, and they're called the black shuck. And the black shuck has only one eye in the center of its forehead, and it glows. But, oh, actually, it does kind of get better because this is actually one of the friendliest hellhounds in the world. Okay. Which, okay, but then this brought up a whole thing is like, are there hellhounds and heaven hounds? Like, why are some super great? And did, like, did Hades create hellhounds? And then from heaven, they're like, let's counteract this dark hellhound and create heaven hounds. You know? Oh, like, why are that's there, a great point. There, there are so many stories that totally contradict each other. So maybe there's a little bit of both. Well, everyone has a little bit of good and a little bit of evil, right? Yeah, that's why we have our shadows, which when we die, sometimes become shadow people and horrifying, scary things happen to other people. 
wow, this is a new theory. I've never heard it before, but thank you for I, introducing me to my new afterlife. I told you about this in the Shadow People episode, but it was ages ago. That's okay. That's okay. We forget. I was just saying that's okay, but really I was just trying to soothe myself from not remembering. <laughs> it's okay, Crane. You can forget things. It's okay. You can sound dumb. It's fine. Okay, so the Black Shuck is super friendly and... It's a mystical dog that is very gentle and it's known to protect specifically women and young girls when they have to travel alone at night. I think that's ideal. I love that there's that's this dog who just wants to protect best. women rather than me that's just awesome. carrying my keys around in between my fingers at night. What, what right. about a magical mystical dog? Right. A dog that can tear other people's souls from their bodies. Mm-hmm. And all of the encounters with this black shuck have been great and sweet except for one and there's this infamous Mm -hmm. attack that happened back in the 16th century in 1577 and the black shuck broke into a a church that was actively having mass and it attacked two people killing them by biting them and then it then left that church and went straight into another church killing a man and a young boy and then crashing the steeple and making it fall through the roof and then as it left, it left scorch marks on the church door, which oh, it's scary to me. But I wonder if just in terms of how the black shuck is known to protect young women and girls, did something happen and the black shuck could not protect a woman or a girl. And so he was seeking or he or she was seeking out revenge and found the men who were responsible for doing bad things and then killed them. Oh, that's. A wonderful way to twist this scary story, and right. I'm loving it. That's the version I will continue to believe. And there was a, the other version of the hellhound that it, the church grims in Scandinavia that would guard churches to prevent any evil from entering. So there's similarities here as well. There are all these other hellhounds. It there there's so many names like. The headless bearer of death, the yeth hound, the black dog of Bully, who runs so fast he causes a storm and is known to wear a breaking, broken chain around its body. Other names are Girt Dog, Padfoot, Barguest, the Hairy Hound, the Yeth, the Old Shock, Old Snarly Yow. Wait, I'm sorry. Just imagine if your nickname was the Hairy Hound. <laughs> I, the, yeah. Yeah. There's also like, I mean, all of these would be great band names. Old Shock, Old Snarly Yow, Puka. Moody Do, Gwiligi. I mean, there's just so many names which I just wanted to list because one, they're interesting. And also, maybe I'm talking about hellhounds and you have no idea what I'm saying, but one of these words may have hit home. What happens when you encounter a hellhound, Corinne? Do you know? Um, I assume that they try to eat me. Yeah, they're scary. And similar to you, I could probably do an eight hour episode on this because there are so many stories on the internet of people who have experienced hellhounds but i think similar to how people get sick of our voices we would probably kill them with an eight-hour episode like people would and not using the restroom and holding your pee in so hopefully with the amount of time we've allotted for this episode (laughs) it's just intriguing and you'll leave this episode being like wow i want to learn more And then go find more information on your own. I realize we've been very hard on ourselves this week. It's okay. Sometimes you have to smack yourself down to build yourself up a little brighter. Yeah. We, everyone has those days. Miley Cyrus, Hannah Montana. A little reality check here and there. Here and there. Never hurt nobody. So here's a reality check. Hellhounds, 
are legit and there are people who have experienced them and this first account was on the site real unexplained mysteries and i think it corroborates my first theory that connects hellhounds to shadow people because there's this woman who lived in connecticut and one night she woke up or no one night she's sleeping next to her boyfriend and she starts to feel weird and she wakes up because something doesn't feel right and so Mm -hmm. she looks over to her boyfriend who's sleeping beside her and above her boyfriend looming over him was this massive spectral hound standing like a human with bright glowing red eyes and long pointy nails and a very pronounced snout standing on its hind legs she was terrified but also knew she had to do something because her boyfriend is still sleeping and this creature is just like looming over him Mm -hmm. the scariest thing you could possibly see or do and so she is like okay i need to do something and so she kind of hovers over her boyfriend only inches away from the the this looming spectral hound above her and she all of a sudden starts hearing this creature it's not talking out loud but it's communicating through her mind telepathically yeah and she can hear it but it's growling but she can understand what it's saying and so in her mind she's responding to the growls by saying get away get away stay away from us and all of a sudden she just gets angry and she looks at this creature and like in her mind is just furious and all of a sudden the creature backs away like as if scared and it backs away and then vanishes into the wall and she's like great okay it's over this was terrifying but it's over and we're safe right no because every night after that night she began having horrible terrifying nightmares and every single nightmare she had no matter the substance of the dream no matter the location no matter what was happening in the dream every single dream ended with her death oh that's unnerving and then a second story in this may if you've ever wanted to live in a farm in the middle of the woods far away from civilization you may reconsider after this story and this story was submitted to a blog called from the shadows which is a blog by jason afoot i think he covers a bunch of different uh paranormal stuff so if you're interested there are more stories But this is about a man named S. Costea, and he was living in a cabin on a farm that was surrounded by thick woods, and he was living there with his family as a young kid, and their family, his family often saw a really strange dog creature that would linger around the farm and around the property. It was massive. It was unlike any other dog they'd ever seen. It had these pronounced glowing red eyes, and his uncle would always yell at the dog because they just got weird feelings from it, and... There was one day the uncle was like trying to shoot away and scare him off and just yelling at this dog to go. And the dog then mm-hmm. stood on its hind legs and charged at him. Oh. Charged at his uncle. It had no. Just any animal. It doesn't matter if it's like, if it's a canine or if it's a duck or if it's a beetle. Yeah. Like anything coming at you is a little Have I told scary. you I was chased by a wild turkey and those things are massive (laughs) i was in my backyard playing on my swing set i must have been like seven or eight and minding my own business and from out from the woods comes a wild turkey sprinting at me and like making this like crazy noise and i run up the slide into my my play swing set and it starts climbing up the slide to chase me 
You're kidding. And I was trapped there and I start screaming and my mom finally comes out. And <laughs> I don't even know how I got out of the situation. It was probably like the most traumatizing thing that ever happened to me. Now when I see and there them. there you are, you and your mom, both vegetarians, trying to be kind to the animals <laughs> of the world. And you're getting chased up a swing set by a wild turkey. And it's not like I provoked it. It came out of the woods and chased after me. It targeted me. Perhaps it was part of the initiation. It was trying to join a group of turkeys and... <laughs> They dared it to, the other turkeys dared him to go chase attacked a Attack a seven-year-old girl. <sighs> Didn't deserve that. Okay, so this, this hellhound is chasing his uncle and the uncle runs into the cabin and it was just like, it, he almost had no time to think because he was like, holy shit, like dogs don't run at you like this unless they have like rabies. And so they're like, okay, let's keep an eye on this thing. And, you know, if we really need to, do something we will and then they start finding all these dead chickens and rabbits and next to all of their dead bodies would be this massive paw print with claw marks in the mud and so this whatever this creature was it was clearly taunting them like targeting things around them and trying to instill fear and then one mm -hmm. night costea's mom is just going to the bathroom you know to do her own business like you know and she as she's walking past his bedroom, she hears him speaking to someone. But that's oddly strange because they're in the middle of the woods and no one else is there. Who is he talking to? Ooh. And so she Ooh. opens the Ooh. door and she sees Costea standing on his bed in the middle of the bed. He had seemingly wet his pants and he's speaking in this hushed tone, staring towards the window. And so nope. she, terrified, heads over to the window and there, standing on its hind legs, is the massive dog with its massive paws on the windowsill looking in towards Costea. Wait, this definitely sounds very reminiscent of I know. Skywalker, doesn't it? It's, Are they the I same mean, thing? I don't know because there are so many different versions of hellhounds that i don't know yeah and the origin is right different yeah i don't know so eventually she scares off this creature that's looming into looking into peering into another peeping tom peering into her son's bedroom and talking to him like a demonic entity and it heads backwards but the way it moves away is that it like like kind of slowly walks backwards still keeping its glowing red eyes staring towards the window where Costea and his mother are standing so as it gets further and further away you just the little eyes get smaller and smaller but even as the body was no longer visible you could still see the eyes staring back at them oh. and so they're like okay this creature's gone right no wrong and for weeks Costea was having nightmares even the family pets would like avoid him entirely and stay clear of him because something about him was terrifying them and he would start saying these really weird wow. comments like we don't want you here and our ghosts are food and god thinks wow. you're bad that's interesting and sometimes he even he would even cause himself self-harm and he would prick himself with sharp objects it really truly sounds like a demonic possession yeah that's what i was just once you said self-harm is yeah and the way that he instilled fear in other people and other in especially in pets yeah so eventually the uncle threatened the hound with a gun didn't shoot or kill it 
but threatened it and they never saw this dog again. And the last story before you all go to bed, well, before our listener stories, is of a 13-year-old boy who at the time lived with his aunt and uncle and his horribly spoiled cousin. They were like just terrible to him. So he already has like this bad life and he one night is so sick of it that this boy storms out of his house refusing to deal with the abuse and he just all he wanted to do was get back to his boarding school with his friends and unfortunately he has like no plan or method to get to this school so he's just wandering the streets late at night and he comes up to this empty playground it's nighttime and it's cold and all of a sudden the air gets still and a swing creaks really loudly behind him and the boy just feels so unsettled and frightened and he starts looking around because something is not right he's looking around searching for anyone or, or anyone or anywhere to go for help and that's when he saw it coming out from behind some trees was a black dog the dark beast had glowing eyes and a snarling grin and it began lurking towards him with an insatiable hunger in its eyes but just then a bus pulls up, knocking the boy to the ground. Deus ex machina much? He was saved. It was the night bus that transports witches and wizards who cannot and do not have any other means of transportation. It was there to bring Harry Potter to the Leaky Cauldron. I really just don't understand what happened at the end. Is it because I'm not a Harry Potter? Yep, probably. O- okay. I basically <laughs> just retold the story of... Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban and how he witnessed the Grim, which is the Hellhound and is the best story of a Hellhound experience ever. Oh, okay. But I really, really still enjoyed it because your enthusiasm <laughs> while telling the story was so captivating. I was fully in it, though I had no idea what was going on. I tried to tell it in a way that was a little bit different, you know, as much as I like to say I'm very akin to J.K. Rowling. We're very similar in terms of... You were trying to trick people into thinking they were hearing a new story. If you got it, bonus points for you. And if you didn't get it, it's okay because I'm right there with you. (laughs) (laughs) I told Anne that I was going to do it and I was like super excited and she was like... Even she was like, wait, I don't get it. And then... Still did it because that's who I am. But yeah, those are hellhounds. Why not shoot your best shot? Yeah, I had fun doing it. I'm sure it landed with plenty of people. I hope so. Let me know. You can tweet Sabrina personally at. (laughs) Don't have a personal Twitter. Harry Potter fan 1993 666. Ghost. Ghost. Actually, uh, at work the other day, I wrote a note for someone who wasn't at their desk, and I didn't sign it with my name. I signed it ghostlover66693. <laughs> and they knew exactly who it was. They came to my office and gave me what I needed. <laughs> well, there you go. Now you're known as ghost girl around the around the office. Yeah. Look at my shirt. We all have to be. Oh, you're wearing a shirt that's... You have so many... Your shirt is amazing. It says ghosts. Yeah. Also, I just realized the position I'm in. <laughs> Wait, oh my gosh. Someone... <laughs> I look like that slug creature from that movie. Which movie? What's from Monsters Inc. No, no, no. It starts with a J. He's like a he's disgusting. You're not disgusting, so I have no idea what you're talking oh, about. I really entertained myself there. The other day or a few weeks ago I posted a picture 
of us recording and then showing Leia on my chair. And someone responded to it and goes, so does Corinne just lay there while you record? <laughs> I was like, Always. Yep. Well, I usually start sitting up and then... And slowly. I slowly sink back until I'm almost yeah. completely laying down. Yeah. And I rest my microphone on my left breast <laughs> while my left hand grips it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the position. <laughs> One day I'll invest in a microphone stand. Bada bing, bada boom. Get it done. Get it done. All right. We have listener stories. Yes, we do. Okay. This is from Kenzie. It is called Bigfoot and the Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> I couldn't do a Paranormal Animals episode without including a Bigfoot story. We know how much you love Bigfoot. We're boyfriend and girlfriend. Basically. Or maybe we're boyfriend and boyfriend. I haven't decided You're yet. You're going steady. We're going, as people would say, we're married in law. <laughs> My name is Mackenzie, and I'm a huge fan of your show and listen on the six-hour long road trip I take once a month. What? Fun. You gals. Also, where are you going? I want to know more information about to you. To hell. <laughs> yes, I hope not. <laughs> Although six is the right number for it That's to take. That's true. Or does it take 666 hours? Or does it take six hours, six minutes, and six seconds? Serena, you're so much smarter than me. <laughs> you're so quick. This is why I rely on you to carry the podcast. It would probably be better if it took 666 years to get to hell because less people would get there. But I'm thinking too much about hell yeah, right okay. now in my journey that's to come. We'll move anyway. on. You gals make the hours fly by, though I tend to save the scarier podcasts for the daytime part of the trip. I have always believed in the supernatural and have always been open to experiencing ghost encounters. I think that's the reason I have so many stories of strange noises and odd feelings. But there are two experiences that really stick out to me because both of those times I wasn't prepared at all for what happened. Anyway, I was thinking about the two times in my life I encountered what I believe is the supernatural and wanted to share. One instance in which I saw Bigfoot... And one in which I saw a ghost. Ooh. I grew up in a small rural town in eastern Oregon where there were only about 800 people total and even less in the winter. Hunting and ranching were the two big things in my community, so I often spent more time in the mountains and forests surrounding my little town than in the actual town. By the time I was 15, I was wandering the woods on my own and knew them like the back of my hands. That's impressive. Yeah. One day in early November when I was 16, I was wandering along the ridgeline that me and my dad had planned to hunt on the following elk season. I almost asked you if you've ever had elk and then I, nope. Then you remembered. Then I remembered you don't eat meat. Yeah, no. Never I'd rather. Mind. All I'm saying is I've had an elk burger and it was delicious. <laughs> I had walked this path before and knew that there had been a cabin there once. And all that was left was a few boards and the remains of what looked like a recliner. It was still early in the morning, just after sunrise, and the kind of bitter cold that makes your lungs hurt. As I was walking towards where the cabin was, I noticed that the fog had cleared, so I knew that what I was seeing wasn't just the weather playing tricks on me. There was a man standing in front of the recliner, in a red flannel shirt and dark jeans. <gasps> he had on a black stocking cap and what looked like woodcutting gloves. He had a long gray beard, so I couldn't really make out his facial features, 
but he had a long, crooked, pointed nose that stuck out from his face in a way that didn't really fit the rest of his body. I was standing about 15 yards away, directly in front of him, right on the edge of the clearing where the cabin was. Now, it's important to note that there were no trees or bushes for at least 15 to 20 yards in either direction of where I was standing, or of where he was standing. Because I was a young girl, alone in the woods, looking at a strange man, I took my pistol out of its holster before I called out, thinking he had already seen me. (laughs) I asked him if he was okay and if he needed help, and he didn't answer me, but he did look straight up at me just for a moment. When he did so, it felt as though he was looking right through me. Oh my god, I already have chills. (gasps) I felt a deep chill cover my body, and it filled me with a sense of cold I haven't felt again to this day. The man then turned to the right, took four steps, and just disappeared. I hurried over to where he had been, and there were no footprints or any sign that there had been a person there at all. And I waited there for another 30 minutes looking around for any sign that he had been there but i found nothing however as i was getting ready to leave and continue my path i walked past the chair one more time and smelled what i thought was men's cologne when i got home that afternoon i walked over to my grandpa's house to ask him about the cabin and who had lived there before it was torn down to my utter surprise grandpa told me that it was a man named john unich and he had been killed in a hunting accident in the 90s before I was born. And then he told me that he and John had gotten into a bar fight in the 70s where my grandpa had broken John's nose, and it had been crooked ever since. So that's my big ghost story. And even though I've been back to that place multiple times since that morning, I haven't seen John again, but I'm always sure to greet him when I pass the chair. Can I say something embarrassing? Because I totally thought this was the Bigfoot story. And I totally thought the Bigfoot was wearing just a flannel, a, like a hunter looking <laughs> guy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the story was going to go like her grandpa no, was no, like, no, yes, no. Bigfoot roams this land. We're going into Bigfoot now. Part two. Okay, ready? <laughs> As a hunter, I grew up with a deep respect for nature and animals. I will always feel at home in the forest surrounded by the trees. And very rarely have I felt like I may be in danger in the woods. One of those times being when I was stalked by a mountain lion, but that's a story for another day. What? Uh, that's so scary. That's scarier than most anything else. Yeah. Anyway, the woods where I grew up are full of pine trees and juniper, and there have been plenty of stories of encountering Bigfoot amongst the hunting community of my town, because it's the perfect place for Bigfoot to disappear. Which means it's the perfect place for Corinne and Bigfoot to disappear and have their happy uh, life together. Where should we honeymoon? Alaska? <laughs> this story begins about two hours until sundown on the last day of elk season in late November. There was snow on the ground, but the sun was shining and it had been a pretty warm day for the harsh winter that we had been having. I had yet to fill my tag and was slowly, which, Sabrina... Okay, for non-hunter folks, you apply for a license, essentially, or you apply for a tag. So you have a hunting license, and then you apply for a tag, and depending on how the population is doing that year, you get allotted a certain number of tags, or maybe zero tags. So you could say, like, okay, well, you get two tags to for elk this year, or you get one tag, or whatever. So basically, she had one, one tag, which was a permit to kill one elk. Gotcha. I had yet to fill my tag and was slowly giving up walking along the edge of the ridge that looks down into the large clearing where the elk like to bed up. I found a spot to sit and wait where I could 
see down into the clearing and into the opening on the hillside opposite of me. And I had my binoculars and a rangefinder, which is a device that people use to figure out how far away a target is in yards. So I knew that I was about 600 yards above the clearing and the hillside straight across from me was about 950 yards. I had been sitting in my spot enjoying the sun for about 30 minutes when I heard branches breaking in the trees at the edge of the clearing below me. In my head, I was excited, thinking I was finally going to see some elk after two weeks of nothing. If you've never been around elk, you wouldn't know that they have a very specific smell. That once you smell it, you know that it's elk because it could not be anything else. When the wind shifted towards me, what I smelled was not elk. It smelled like a mixture of wet dog and raw meat and something else that I couldn't really name, but it made my hair stand on end the second it wafted over me. I immediately got the feeling that I needed to leave, to just get out, but my curiosity and idiotic bravery won out and I stayed put, thinking whatever it was would appear and I would get to see the thing that was making my instincts go haywire. I only had to wait a few more minutes before I saw what, at first, I thought was a bear. Eastern Oregon is home to a healthy population of black bears, and so I thought that this was normal and I laughed at myself for getting so nervous, but then I opened my eyes again to look a little closer. Bears are beautiful, and it's rare you get to watch one mill around its natural habitat. But then I realized it wasn't a bear. The creature was big, too big, even from 600 yards away, and I realized it far too tall to be a bear. And it had to be at least eight feet tall. And it was dark brown, almost black, and it had thick hair covering it from head to toe. I was too shocked by what I was seeing to connect the dots until the thing dropped to its knees, picked up a branch, and then stood up like a human would. And at that point, my brain started working again, and I fully admit to screaming out a few nasty cuss words in my head when I realized that the creature I was looking at was a Sasquatch. I scrambled to find my binoculars in my back, and as I did so, I watched the Bigfoot meander across the clearing, dragging the branch along. I finally found the binoculars and then continued to watch it until it disappeared into the trees on the base of the other hill. I sat there in stunned silence for some time. Oh my gosh. When I saw it again, it appeared in the opening, walking up towards the top, though it wasn't carrying the stick anymore. When it vanished into the trees again, I realized I had been sitting there for over an hour and I didn't have much daylight left to get back to my truck. Oh my god, this is giving me anxiety! <laughs> As I was walking back, I was kicking myself for not having my phone on me, thinking that I'd just seen Bigfoot, but actually had no proof. When I got back to my truck, I realized that I had been crying the whole time I was walking back because I was so scared and ignoring my instincts about leaving had been harder than I thought. And as soon as I got home, I told my dad what happened and he immediately believed me and told me that he and my grandpa had seen him too years ago, but in the same general area that I had been. Oh my God, I have full body chills. Well, now you know where to go, Corinne. I know. I need Kenzie to bring me. I need a gun though, if I go. Kenzie <laughs> has to protect me with her gun. I'm scared of Bigfoot, even though I love him. I felt much better knowing he believed me, and we decided to name the Sasquatch Archibald Biggs. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> However, to this day, I refused to hunt in that area, remembering how terrified I was. I decided then and there that we need to just leave Bigfoots alone 
and just let them live in peace. Thank you so much for listening to my stories. I'm a huge fan and think you both are so funny and great and I love what you do. Lots of love, Kenzie. Okay, we'll leave them alone and leave them in peace, but peace for them then means marrying Corinne. But I just think it's so interesting how it clearly has a mesmerizing quality because she didn't even realize an hour had passed and she fought every instinct she had to run and it was so difficult for her to leave, which means this creature has the ability to lure you in with its, maybe it's its aroma, maybe it's, do you I think, don't know. Or do you it's think be something. that the feeling was just so off and so different that you can't help but question your own instincts? Like, okay, well, this isn't something that I'm used to feeling or smelling, so maybe I'm just overreacting. But you would still run. Like if you saw a creature that made you feel uneasy, you would leave. But it took her an hour. Like she didn't even realize how much time had passed. Yeah. But I I also, I mean, I know Kenzie was watching basically in maybe amazement and a bit of fear. But I, I don't know if I would move or make a noise. I'd be too nervous to make a sound, to have my scent picked up from on top of the hill and wafted mm. down into that area for the Bigfoot to smell and then turn around and freaking chase me. You make a valid point, friend. Right? You just rub a little dirt on you, hold in your pee, and just pray that, that thing does not come on your side of the ravine. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's just minding its own business, it was like trying to build a little hut with its with, with its sticks. Yeah. What was it doing with the stick? Was it playing? Was it building a hut? Was it using to beat the life out of another animal that it just killed? Could have been doing anything. Maybe it was building a trap to trap Kenzie. But we'll never know. What do Bigfoots do? Unless you go for yourself. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And then the coolest thing, though, is that her relatives have seen the Bigfoot too. I know. And that a bunch of other hunters in the area have seen it. So it's like they're all letting it live peacefully, I'd hope. Mm -hmm. So fascinating. But knowing that it's around. I believe her. I don't even need proof from her. I know it's real and that she saw it. I wonder if John's spirit has ever run into Bigfoot. The hunter mm. that sits in the chair in the woods. Probably. In the cabin. Maybe they're best buds. Do they hang? Are they I mean, buds? I did think he was the Bigfoot, so I bet they're buds. Don't you know? All the Bigfoot wear flannel. That's mm -hmm. the rage. I mean, what if they want to go be trendy? Why not? Who's to stop them? Okay. I have an email. Okay. Let's hear it. This is from Hannah. She says, hello to my favorite ghostesses. My name is Hannah, and I stumbled upon your podcast a few months ago and have started from episode one and binged it until I caught up. Needless to say, I have been hooked, and ever since you started Encounters episodes, I have felt the need to write in with my own experiences that I just can't explain. They're very different instances, but still, instances I can't begin to logically comprehend. Now to preface this, I have always enjoyed a good spooky ghost stories and have watched tons of paranormal shows both on television and YouTube, but I was raised in a very normal, non-haunted house in a loving, stable household. I've never experienced a ghost, but I also don't go searching for it outside of videos because of my experiences. Okay, so this first story happened when I was about 17 years old and freshly graduated from high school. I was enjoying summer with my friends, and one of my friends had divorced parents, so she, so she lived with her mom while her dad lived in his mother's old house, which was in a bit more rural part of my town. My friend's dad was out of town and asked my friend to check in on his house and his dog. 
Instead, my friend took the opportunity to live in the house for a week and invited me and another friend to spend the night with her. She told me that the house supposedly was haunted because she knew of my interest in ghosts. I agreed and thought it'd be fun to have a girl's night, and if something falls off of a counter or a shelf, we have a neat little ghost story. Well, <laughs> we certainly got one. My girlfriends and I got all packed up, and we drove in one car to this house late in the afternoon, which I'd actually been to once or twice before. Everything was normal when we got there. We pulled in, put our stuff down, pillows, blankets, all the things you need for a teenage girl sleepover, and we stayed there to set things up and get it comfortable. And during this time, I looked around the kitchen, which had a door that was to the garage. And this door, I distinctly remember it had a large window pane in it so you could see directly into the garage. And I remember this because I saw my faint reflection in it. In the garage was another door that led outside into the acre or so of land it was on. It wasn't long until we decided we had almost everything we needed. The only thing we were missing was junk food. So we all piled back into my friend's car and did some shopping for our indulgences at the nearest store. It was dark when we got back to the house, and so we didn't notice until we had our bags in hand at the front door that it was open. Not just open, but wide open. Strange. We knew my friend locked it after crating the dog before we left. A little nervous, we slowly filed in, and I set my bag down to grab the nearest pair of large scissors, and I urged my friends to grab a knife or something heavy just in case there was an intruder. Much like every scary movie, I did the white girl thing and just kept investigating. Yes, dumb, (laughs) and I would never encourage it, but something was too odd not to look around. I immediately went to the kitchen, and I saw both doors to the garage wide open. Even more strange was that the glass pane that was in the door that I clearly remembered seeing was gone. I was able to put my hand through it and everything where it would have been. The more I looked at the house, the more I noticed every door to every room was wide open when they were properly shut before we left. Oh my god. Panicked, my friend called her cousin, who lived two doors down, and asked if he had come over while we were gone. He hadn't. At that point, we made the unanimous decision to get the hell out after locking the doors back up. Quickly, we gathered everything up and tossed it into the car and left. We decided to stay at my friend's mom house instead and gather our thoughts and, well, sleep. All three of us slept in the living room, me and one friend on the floor, while the other took the couch. I finally settled in and started to drift off to sleep, getting to that barely conscious state. And that's when it happened. What, you ask? Since I was on my stomach, my calves were in the air. It felt like someone dragged the back of their thumbnail along my right calf, which woke me up immediately to say, hey, that's not funny. My friends woke up too and asked what happened. I told them. Since my friend was on the floor to my left, she couldn't have done it with at least sitting up and leaning over me. And my other friend was on the couch a few feet away from me, facing the opposite way. So it wasn't her either. It was strange, but the experiences stopped there. And eventually her dad sold his house and moved closer to his work. My second story is not so much an experience, but maybe a weird occurrence. You be the judge. Really, this is a dream that told the near future. About six years ago, I had a nightmare about being chased by hellhounds. It was realistic, and I was in the back of my mother's Ford Explorer, like in the trunk while the hatch was open as my mother drove along the same route we usually take to work together in real life. And on this route, as we pass by a park that edges up, and on this route, we pass by a park that edges up to the main road. The hellhounds were large, black, and looked like wolves with red glowing eyes. They barked at me quite aggressively and barred their teeth as they, as they were just a few feet behind the vehicle. In my dream, as we neared the park, the hounds slowed down their running and eventually stopped chasing us. 
It was like they lost interest completely and all was quiet as they disappeared out of view. That's when I woke up and got ready for my work day. On our way to work that morning, taking the same route as in my dream, we saw police tape and police cars blocking the park. We were curious to what had happened there, so when I got to the office, I pulled up to the site to our local news and they had a brief article. Apparently, a young man's body had been found earlier that morning by a jogger. I freaked out since hellhounds are in lore for taking souls to hell. I kept checking on the story to find out more, but the poor guy was labeled as a homeless person and it was never fully investigated. I don't know to this day if he was murdered or passed away from natural causes, but it haunts me that my dreams practically predicted that death in the park. Anyway. Yeah, that's so creepy. Keep up the good work and see you on the other side, Hannah. So do you think the hellhound is also like the bad omen? Yeah. Perhaps. Or it was like the hellhounds were going to collect his soul, which is what they typically do. Yeah. But it's interesting that she was given that dream when she has no connection to that man. Right. Unless she's just really open and somehow absorbed the story and the energy unintentionally. I don't know. And yeah, I don't know. But also her first story about seeing her reflection in the garage means since it had no window pane. She didn't see her reflection. She saw a spirit. She saw a spirit mimicking what she looked like. I know. That's the scariest thing. And two, how much would you freak out if you walked into a house knowing that all the doors were shut and everything is open? No. It's it's like you wouldn't know. At least if one door was open, you'd be like, oh, shoot. Like that's the area to avoid. Something yeah. is over there or someone. But if everything is open, you're just – you're just walking into someone else's sick puzzle maze and they clearly have an upper hand because they've they could be anywhere it's not like there are a few doors open or he there are a few clothes that he could be hiding behind (gasps) yeah you have no idea i don't know it's scary it's frightening hi if ever you walk into your home and something is the slightest bit off maybe you just leave yeah have you watched the show the fall on netflix because i have not but i will yeah um it's on it's on the list of all, all the, the shows. shows that i've recommended to you um well if you have any ghost stories or have you seen bigfoot or hellhounds or anything mystical and creature paranormal supernatural related email it to us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com and we have social media we have instagram we have twitter we have facebook uh, so follow us on that. We also have a couple live shows coming yep. up. We have one in Boston, which is on Cinco de Mayo, and tickets are up. The link is in our bio and also on our website. And then we do have a Nashville show coming up in June, mm-hmm. but we don't have the ticket link yet. So as soon as we have it, we'll blast it on out. And we have other potential shows happening. Yes, hopefully a few, a couple two or three more maybe after that hopefully for this year we'll keep you updated Um, see what we can swing yeah you can support us also by supporting us on patreon or uh buying merch which we're coming up with a new merch we're excited about and just a few thank yous thank you to eric foster who has been doing us a solid and really killing it by editing his company is called upfire digital and we'll put a link in the show notes if you need any editing help he's amazing and awesome and he rocks. Killing it. Also, thank you to Arms Akimbo for writing our intro music. I feel like we don't give them enough praise. You guys rock. Yeah, we only mention them all the time and include them in our show notes. But they also gave us the best intro music, yeah. I think, of any podcast. Yeah. So we should probably just 
say it a thousand times more. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you to people who correct us. We do appreciate it. We like learning. And so teach us. Teach us. Help us. Make us better. Make us start the segment called What We Learned From Our Listeners This Week. Yes. And you can also support us by supporting our, well, rating and reviewing on iTunes mm-hmm. and Patreon and merch. And we will. See you on the other side. Very spooky.